What's up, everybody? Good uh, morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening in here. This is the sixth episode of Give a Sip. We're actually coming to the end of February. It's crazy that we're two months through this uh, 2021 that was supposed to be a redemption year. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not feeling very redeemed <laughs> at this point just yet, but maybe sometime soon we'll start to feel that redemption. I think we're, I think we're getting close to it. Spring's going to be an exciting one this year. Um, well, let's just dive right in, shall we? A um, couple of things we've been tasting. So uh, I've been working through the Domain and Savor book, which is going to be a large part of what's replacing the Burgundies that we lost from Wasserman. There's some really exciting things in there. It's a lot of paperwork, I gotta be honest, it's pretty tedious, but um, we're making plans for that. There's about 50 domains we could play around with. We're gonna start with about a dozen, maybe 13, 14, and uh, expand from there not go crazy out of the gate, but there's some really, really prestigious names on par with what we've seen from Wasserman that we're going to be, get to play with. So that's going to be exciting. Um, there is some representation in Kav uh, with Kavatapi in Washington, and uh, I believe it's OWB in Oregon. Um, very small, um, so we're not playing around with what they have currently, but there's a lot of other stuff. Uh, so that's exciting. I've been working through that. We talked with the new Champagne House today that I'm really excited to check out uh, down the road. That could be a really awesome replacement for Gervais. Uh, and then uh, Daniel and I tasted a new Washington winery called Foundation Cellars that I'm actually super stoked on. Um, this guy's making some really killer wines. He's brand new to the marketplace. Uh, so we would be, you know, sort of first to market with him. Uh, and that's something we're going to give a go uh, because they were they were super impressive for the money. Um, so way better than I expected. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I went into it kind of thinking they were going to be shit and they actually were pretty damn tasty. So um, I'm excited for that. Look out for more information soon. Uh, a handful of your, your stores probably have them already because he's been doing a little bit of direct uh, to some customers he knows. But um, team up north, he lives in Edmonds, so you're going to have some, some local representation to help you out out there too. So that's exciting. Uh, some things to get into for the start of Washington Wine Month. Other than that, I've been pitching, you know, prepping for the 2020 Rosés, uh, doing some big game hunting out there. We've been talking a lot with some uh, of the bigger uh, buyers of ours. Uncruise is one of our biggest accounts. We've been talking with them a lot. Believe it or not, Uncruise, a cruise line, is planning to run about uh, all but two of their boats and run at 90% occupancy. I don't know who's crazy enough to get on a cruise right now, but apparently there's lots of people. So the cruise lines are booked, man. Good for them. Uh, talking with some of our, our restaurant chains that are getting back into gear. Zeke's Pizza, we've got a meeting tomorrow. That's exciting. Going to go show them some sun liquor. Uh, so things are starting to starting to kick back into gear for sure. That's that's a good thing, I think. Um, so hopefully, hopefully there's some use for me out there with you guys because uh, people seem like they're ready to start talking about buying again. Um, maybe not buying yet, but talking about it. So that's a, that's a step in the right direction. Um, other than that, I'm compiling the rest of that Brunello pre-sale. Don't forget, guys, this is the last week. We're going to cut it at the end of the week. March 1st is the official cutoff. Uh, for Washington, we are pretty much out of the Fellini allocation. Uh, just so you know, we've had a lot of interest in that one. Um, the Reserva and the Magnums are still available, but the actual Brunello is pretty much pre uh, sold out. So if you do have people wanting it, ask the question now. Don't wait, um, because I'm going to uh, start having to allocate out already um, and if they want to get their name in the mix this is the time to do it for Oregon Charlie has been compiling those it looks like we still have a little bit left I believe but um, I don't want to speak too soon on that but I know there's been a lot of a lot of orders coming her way so 
Um, again, just get those in this week. This is the time. It's two ninety nine point Brunellos uh, for killer prices. So I think it's I think it's uh, a good deal. <clears throat> and then the last thing I'm working on is a uh, another Ribeiro Rueda program, which I talked a little bit about last podcast. Uh, we're gonna go live April first with that trying to make sure we get the inventory right, get the dollars right. We're going to change it up a little bit for you guys to make sure that the dollars will be as good as last time and not as many stipulations. There's a new guy running it, so it seems like it's going to be a little easier to to manage. Um, Outside of that, we've got some price changes coming up. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we talked about some line pricing going into effect. Uh, That takes effect March 1st with the chain pricing being matched up. So that's things like Montebello from Esperal, Esperal, excuse me, Four Vines, Corte Lorraine, uh, some of the Magellan wines, Cabo Savayard, Canela, Feline, the Coelho Bunnies, Evolucio, uh, and actually the Rococelli Chocolis are going to go uh, line price as well. So all of that takes effect next week. That's going to be really great. There's a spreadsheet for it. I'm sure you guys have probably gotten it in your inbox at some point. If not, we can get it to you again. But know that those are all getting matched up. Most of that is a reduction some of those are having to rise up, mind you. So you will see some price increases for March 1st to get these line priced. We wanted the, the line pricing. Obviously, we would prefer to keep everything down, but some of it, just the economics didn't work out that way. Um, so be aware of that. There's also a lot of Ethica pricing coming in. Uh, some better deals from Orazio. He's always looking to help us out with some better pricing. Uh, and then Suzor has some new glassboard pricing in place. And uh, we should be able to finalize new gateway and pescador pricing for April 1st is what it's looking like. So I will keep you posted on those. Uh, One other thing to note, not as much of a pricing thing, is more of an ordering thing. But uh, for Washington specifically, since there's discounts in Washington, there's been some weird six-pack shenanigans going on, uh, in particular with on-premise. So when an on-premise account has been ordering two cases, so 12 bottles of a six-pack, uh, I've seen this happen more than a few times right now where it actually reverts back to post-off pricing, not even QD1 pricing or glassboard pricing. Uh, so just keep an eye on that. Please let Anton know uh, when you catch that. If you notice that for whatever reason, that six pack when you order 12 bottles has gone uh, back up to a more expensive price. I don't know why. Um, I'm sure Anton does, but I don't know why uh, that's happening. Um, some weird you know, glitch in the matrix or something. But uh just be aware of it and then talking comings and goings here uh we had rioana for that brief shining moment come back into stock i allocated out as best i could uh i know some people didn't quite get a chance to play uh, in that um uh, sandbox but uh but there is more coming in a couple of weeks uh other things that are better news than that we've been able to renegotiate with saint felix so we are actually going to see saint felix the rouge and the rosé come back into stock we've ordered ordered big they are not on the water yet so we're still a couple months out but they are coming back baby um so get excited for that uh everybody did really well with the saint felix wines and i expect that we'll do just as well going into the to the uh to the new year um, we do have a French container coming into port the first week of March that includes Vouvanbal, M. de Ligny, George Vigorou, some Pasquier, and Adil Pamplemousse. Uh, right now, guys, the containers are slow as shit. Um, I don't know what the deal is, but it's not going to get better until at least after the spring. Um, it's the worst we've ever seen. Every supplier I'm talking to, East Coast, West Coast, middle of the country, uh, it doesn't matter. 
everyone says the same thing. They're having a hell of a time trying to find containers to, to actually put their product in to get it to ship. And then even after that, it's hard enough to find a space in the port. I mean, if you talk to any of your grocery store people, the managers are complaining about how their produce is rotting out in the ports because it's not getting off the boats in time. Um, it's, it's a problem. Um, it's a problem we can't control. And it's a, the uh, problem is not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, so Kevin is looking at, you know, ordering more aggressively to account for this. But just be aware of your inventories, guys. That's all I'm going to say, because uh, there's things that are going to have longer than usual out of stocks because of this. And uh, it's, you know, I, I don't envy Kevin's position at the moment because a lot of it he can't give you an answer for because we just don't know when that container is going to be available and when he can get it picked up. He's he's making all sorts of calls, making all sorts of pleas. Um, I'm pretty sure he's tried to sell his kid away um, to get us some containers uh, and, and it didn't work. They didn't want him. So <laughs> just kidding. Sorry, Kevin. But um, yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 rough going uh, on the container front right now. So just be aware of that. And I would ask for patience from your customers now to try to get them ahead of the eventual problems and try to get them to buy in maybe right now. That would probably be a good thing for them to do. Um, other than that, out of stocks, so I mentioned the Riyuana. It's looking like three to four weeks before more is going to be available. Um, the Elnor carte blanche, I did not see an ETA for. Uh, I'm going to try to get in touch with Kevin about that, but I'm not seeing that. Ulianta mentioned that's a big one that people have been asking about. Uh, and here's some big info for WT. Just as a reminder, there is no 2020 Rosé. It got smoked out. Uh, there is no more Gruner for 2020. He's going to make it again in 2021 with gorge fruit that he had planted for him, but there is none in 2020. Uh, and then he is not making the Chenin Blanc anymore after what we have for inventory. Not in on hand, mind you, his current inventory. He's got about 200 cases, so we've got a little bit of a runway there. But once that's gone, it's gone. Uh, and the reasoning is because they have continued to use farming practices that he does not agree with and he has asked them repeatedly to make some changes and they just have refused so he has pulled his contract from them so no more shannon um which i applaud him for standing with his principles on that uh new arrivals though um in washington and we can send some down to oregon if you guys want it but uh these are my very favorite cherries i think that I've had, which are Fernando de Castilla's antique line. So the, the core line we've had from Valkyrie for Washington, and I just said that I'm gonna correct myself now instead of waiting till next week. Guys in Oregon, I'm sorry, you can't have it. It's with Galaxy, it's direct import. Sorry to get your hopes up. But for the Washington team, uh, the antique line, these are the bomb. Uh, some of my favorite cherries in the world. Fernando Castilla uh, is fantastic. The core line that we've had has been great, but the antique line is really where it's at. We only brought in two six packs of each because we had some customers requesting the wines. Um, so we started small, but it is in California. So if it happens that we sell through those, we'll get more. It's not that far away. Um, but if you have any sherry loving accounts, these are the things to take them. This is real deal sherry. Okay. Um, speaking of heartbreak for Oregon, the Consumoy, we have to transfer that up. That is another product that with Valkyrie is apparently a direct import that we are not able to represent down there. Um, and apologies for these confusions, guys. Uh, Valkyrie, to put it short here, is um, there were some pre-existing direct imports for some of their brands that they honored. Uh, so they are not uh, trying to be homewreckers in that sense, but those did apply in Oregon. Uh, and we 
didn't get the due diligence from them on those. So they sent us the letter of appointment saying we were all good. Um, we, you know, we thought we were, and it turns out that somebody's already direct importing them and, and they got mad. Um, so we pulled those out. Everything should be good at this point, fingers crossed. Um, but, uh, but apologies for that. So the Consumoy is part of the Reventos project for Washington. We are actually direct importing the Reventos wines from Pepe Reventos. Uh, so we've got Augusti Trio Mata and then Reventos. Those are two of the godfathers of Cava. Very, very, very different styles. Um, but both really some of the best sparkling wine from Spain you're going to find. Consumoy though is his still project. So those are some really funky ones. Anyone who buys Jose Pastor is really going to dig the Consumoy wines. Uh, and then a reminder for the Washington team, Thomas Cousinet is a direct import that we found out for Vinaya. So Oregon, you get Thomas Cousinet, which is awesome actually, because the library wine has been doing really well, um, even though it shouldn't have been in Washington because uh, it's with Vinaya. So sorry for all those confusions, guys. It's, uh, it's some of the politics of the wine world. Super fun love going through all of it but uh but hopefully we're, we're past it now um as a reminder for both states the stoltman love you bunches orange wine has come in uh i haven't honestly had a chance to taste it but if it's anything like the rosé or the red i bet it's banging um and then the uni which i am a little more excited about which is a uh unfiltered uh, roussan blend that's that's really fun the label's awesome as as the name would suggest it has a sea urchin on it um really cool one for your natty natty houses so check that out and then in Oregon, we got from Suzor, we got the Menifee Pinot Noir and the Gamay that came into stock. Eventually, we'll get those in Washington up here, guys, uh, but they just needed an order sooner down there. Um, Suzor is a, a sleeping, uh, you know, a sleeper hit for us that I think once you take those wines out, you'll realize the quality. Uh, they're going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks here, and you'll hear about why they're, they're so cool. Um, but they sort of snuck in last year and just kind of, I'm going to be honest, they kind of got forgotten. Um, by myself included because they're not super big but they are pretty awesome wines so they're worth checking out and then a reminder about the volcanists if you haven't checked them out yet please do they are a really really good deal for um for the quality you're getting so i highly recommend it check out the volcanists um we do have a going but it's not not our fault I promise. Um, bon Giovanni is moving on from, uh, or rather, let me rephrase that. Empson is moving on from Bon Giovanni. Uh, they've really been taking a look at their, in particular, their BBB book and just trying to make sure that they're putting uh, the best opportunities out there and not uh, turning themselves off of opportunities that might be coming because of current partnerships that aren't that great. So Bon Giovanni, along with Carome uh, that I mentioned last time, are now not part of the BBB uh, or Empson at all. And Empson is definitely making moves. They're making space for some really awesome additions, uh, including something from Oregon that's coming up here in the next couple of weeks that we are excited to tell you about. Um, there, we are sworn on a blood oath to secrecy for now, but uh, there is an exciting addition coming on that front. Uh, aside from the Torres edition that we're looking to transition at some point down the road uh, to us. So they are definitely making, making some waves. Tara is living up to her 40 under 40 designation that she got from wine enthusiasts. Other new wine suppliers. Uh, so we've got Foundry coming on board in the next week or so. And then we've got that Italian supplier coming in uh, that should be arriving middle of the first week of March is what I'm hopeful for. Uh, I have not heard confirmation that current distribution has been notified. So I'm still going to hold off on telling you guys for the moment uh, just because I don't want to 
start some rumor mill and create some turf war stuff, but uh, it is coming. Uh, we are excited about it. That's going to be great. There's some some mega names in that mix, along with some really great value. Um, two of my favorite Italian wineries are in this in this portfolio. I'll just say that right now. Um, and then we have uh, what looks like to be another big partnership slated for May 1st. Uh, we're still finalizing the details on that, getting the paperwork together, but, uh, but look out for more info there as well. Um, and then we also have our first order from the Marius Project uh, officially placed. So that is a project that's from the Chaputier House, which so what a huge name from the Rhone. Marius is really going to take over that parent space for us, I think. Um, the order is DI, so we won't see it for another two to three months. Uh, but uh, we'll get you more info as it gets closer. And hopefully we're going to get some samples in advance. I've asked for that. We'll see when they come. But uh, those that were up in Washington in like June of last year, I think is when we tasted it. God, that's so long ago. But uh, if they remember the pricing then, it's really killer. It's, you know, we're sub $10 at, at some some of the best pricing on basically high, high named, I shouldn't say high end, but high named, uh, you know, Southern French Rhone blends. Uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And then there's going to be a chef series that's with like, uh, and Sophie peak and people like that. So like serious Michelin chefs that partner with Chupoutier for these projects. So we're going to get, uh, some Cornas, we're going to get some Sampere, some, some fun things like that. So very cool. And then, uh, Sun Liquor arrived today and Barbox arrived today. Um, so Pat has been super stoked on those. Uh, it just props to Pat, by the way, guys, he's been killing it lately. Um, the things he's bringing in, he's making me look bad uh, <laughs> with all the awesome stuff he's bringing you guys. So um, good work, Pat, and, and, and knock it off. Um, and then for the Oregon team, uh, exciting news about Domain Rollet. We've been uh, working with Rollet in Washington for about two years now, and we've just gotten approved. I'm um, getting the paperwork finalized to get uh, you guys some inventory in Oregon. Uh, super classic uh, house in the Jura. I really love them. They're right in the heart of Arbois. There's a new generation that's come in. They're really trying to kind of take after that Tissot model. So we're going to see some changes in the next couple of years. So they're going to get a little more modern, um, but really, really exciting. I love the wines. I actually brought some back from, from Jura when I visited about five years ago. Um, so uh, I'm really happy that we can finally offer you those in Oregon. Um, so supplier news, there's not a ton of new stuff to report here because there's not a lot of suppliers coming into town. Um, the virtual ride-alongs are still a thing. We're still working on some deep closeouts. Uh, and I am working on a new Jose Pastor pre-sale that'll include Invinite for Washington. Uh, we won't see those wines until April, so I will probably offer that sometime in middle of March. But if you have people asking, feel free to send them my way. And then for both states, I'm working on a, a Fanu and Little Peacock Southern Hemisphere pre-sale on some of these really cool niche um, Southern some southern Hemisphere, New Zealand and Australian uh, natty projects that are pretty limited. Uh, they have some really awesome stuff we haven't even touched on yet, and we'll be putting a pre-sale together for that. Uh, other than that, there's some uh, a ton of new scores. I'll send that separate because um, I'm already running long for this episode. But... Uh, for Roulet, I also have a really sick-ass uh, video uh, and presentation about the terroir of Jura and how it came to be. It's really, really awesome for those that are geology nerds. Uh, and then Baron Fuente is doing some very cool educational videos that we'll share with you as well. Uh, as far as the chain updates go, uh, let's see that we've got the Whole Foods TPR. So for Washington, 
Emilio Moro goes live on March 1st. And then for both states, we have the Avarain going live on March 1st. I sent emails and calendar invites earlier this week, but just a reminder that those are both happening. And then a reminder for both states, really more for Washington, but the Toad Hollow Rosé was removed from warehousing and is now DSD at Kroger, so you can ship away. Uh, and then for both states on the Kinton core list, we've gotten a bunch of new items, a lot from Emson primarily, but a lot of new items. Uh, check in with Elijah. He has a list uh, and is trying to work to get those things working. We know that the core list for Kinton is sort of an optional program, sort of the small list that they get to choose from. So uh, this is a good time to, to make those pitches and try to get some space in their lists. Uh, and Elijah is helping us do that. Okay. So I'm going to take a minute here uh, to pause and have our brief and wonderful for the week. We've got Lucia Ramos Perez from Cune Arano joining us. Uh, she's going to talk a little bit about the different regions of Rioja. Uh, and without further ado, uh, here is a little talk with Lucia. Cool. All right. So for this week's episode of Brief and Wonderful, we've got Lucia from Kune slash Arano with us here, one of our uh, longest partners and one of our favorite partners, to be honest. Um, so, Lucia, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, with you. Good, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Um, so, yeah, I figured we should we should talk to the team. We haven't really had a chance to connect with them in a while, and uh, there's a lot of new faces. So, so let's talk a little bit about about Kune and what's been going on in your world. Yeah, I mean. As, uh, as you said, many, many new faces. So, um, you know, just a, a brief recap on the, you know, the history of um, Kune Winery. Kune uh, um, was founded or was started by two brothers, um, Eusebio and uh, Raimundo Real de Azua, uh, back in 1879. So um, it was one of the first um, wineries really that um, started um, in Rioja, uh, there are a handful of wineries that started at the time. Uh, we are all neighbors um, located in the city of Aro. Um, and uh, the beginning was, I mean, 18, as I said, 1879. So about 140 years ago or so. Wow. Um, today, uh, the winery remains uh, family owned. Um, actually, by the fifth generation of direct descendants. Uh, so Victor and Maria Urrutia are the fifth generation and they run uh, the winery nowadays. Um, we are the only winery uh, together with uh, Lopez de Redia, which uh, are actually our next door neighbors, that is still uh, remain family owned by the same family that started the, the, the winery back in the day. You have many family-owned wineries in Rioja, but these are the only two that still remain in the same family, which is, you know, pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing to see. Uh, obviously, in the course of these uh, 100 plus years, uh, Victor and Maria have grown, um, you know, the winery, not just to Cune, which is, uh, you know, the, the, the pillars or the foundation of, of the company in Aro, uh, Rioja Alta, but also to uh, two other uh, wineries uh, in Rioja, which are Viña Real uh, in Rioja La Besa and Contino, also in Rioja La Besa, established in the 70s as the first single vineyard ever in Rioja, and then some other projects outside of Rioja. So they've kept uh, quite busy, 
uh, you know, expanding, uh, you know, their knowledge and their business uh, within the Rioja region, region, and as I said, also outside of Rioja yeah. in, other, in other DOs. I'll say, yeah, and it seems like uh, it's only it, they're only getting started with all of the new imports coming in too. Um, and I mean, I'll, I just just have to say, having visited uh, the wineries with you, you know, the the history at the the Cune winery is amazing. You know, when you go under uh, into the cellar and see all of those vintages there, and all the all the dust on the bottles, and and just the library of vintages, it's it's uh, it's really uh, quite in, impressive how how much history is there. And I mean, having um, the George Eiffel design part of the winery is like it doesn't get much more historic than that, right? So um, that's pretty awesome. So yeah. what what would you say is the big difference between the Alta wines and the Alabesa wines? I mean, obviously they're two different parts of Rioja, but kind of what makes them different? Yeah. So <clears throat> I mean, obviously in terms of uh, sub regions, no, I, as we all know, Rioja is divided in uh, in three sub regions: Alta, Alabesa, and Rioja Oriental. Uh, we will not talk about Rioja Oriental uh, today. We don't also produce anything from Rioja Oriental or have any vineyards there. So our production uh, all comes from Rioja Alta and Alavesa. So uh, in terms of sub-regions, uh, well, we have uh, clear differences uh, between uh, both of them. Uh, Rioja Alta, um, it's located, um, you know, the most uh, western the most western part of Rioja. Uh, it's in the southern part of the Ebro uh, River, and um, it's only uh, protected by the Sierra de Cantabria, which is a big mountain range in the northern part of uh, Rioja that protects both Rioja Alta and Alavesa. Um, Rioja Alta only gets this protection, so it gets uh, a little bit more... Um, uh, moderate continental climate, I would say, um, versus Rioja Alavesa, which is protected by this Sierra de Cantabria and also Sierra de la Demanda, which is in the southern part of Rioja, uh, creating kind of like a, more of a microclimate uh, in Rioja Alavesa, uh, where uh, you find uh, moderate continental, but also uh, Mediterranean climate. Uh, so it's a slightly, uh, it can be slightly warmer, uh, in the summer, uh, we can have slightly less rain uh, in Rioja Alavesa in comparison to what you find um, in Rioja Alta. Uh, Rioja Alavesa also, for the most part, you find uh, bigger plots. It's a slightly flatter uh, part of Rioja um, versus Rioja Alta. I, I don't know if I said Alavesa or, or Alta, but Rioja Alta. In uh, Rioja Alavesa, it uh, has a slightly higher altitude and uh, you find a lot of the vineyards in uh, smaller plots and uh, terraces. Mm. Both, uh, both um, uh, sub-regions have very similar soils. Um, you know, in, in, throughout the entire region of Rioja, you find kind of like alluvial soils, you know, for those plots closer to the river, um, kind of like clay soil, uh, clay ferrous soils, and then calcareous soils. So it's going to really depend on, on the winery and the location of, of, uh, um, of uh, each vineyard. So it, it varies a lot for, for every producer and, and within the producer as well, because it's, uh, you know, in Rioja, it's very common to have your plots uh, spread out all over, uh, whether Rioja Alta or Rioja Alavesa, 
so you kind of like benefit from all these type of soils but we do find more calcareous soils um in rioja alavesa in comparison to uh to rioja alta uh so wines as well with uh, with a lot of uh, minerality um <clears throat> and acidity and freshness mm? um yes. so that's a, that's in a, the big picture uh, the difference between the two uh, the two sub regions mm? And then for us, obviously, the wines are also very different. No, Cune, we like to say it's more a kind of like the 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 heritage, uh, the the historian, the historic winery. Uh, it produces very very classic styles of Rioja. We focus on the main, um, you know, varieties first of all. So for the most part, Tempranillo with Graciano and Mazuelo. Um, we uh, we use mostly American oak, which is the traditional oak that you find in Rioja, and we never find new oak at Cune. So Cune Crianza, Cune Reserva, and Cune Gran Reserva, they are using uh, old barrels uh, that have been previously used for Imperial, which is our you know iconic um, iconic wine. So by the time the barrels get to Cune Crianza, we're talking about five to um, you know six seven year old uh, American oak. Uh, barrels. In Rioja Alavesa, uh, on the other hand, we also use Tempranillo, uh, but uh, we don't use as much Graciano and as much um, uh, Mazuelo. We use a little bit more Garnacha in the blend with the Tempranillo. Um, so we get uh, nice, uh, you know, red fruit, acidity, tannins uh, from the Garnacha. And we tend to use more French oak rather than American oak. Um, this is okay. not a modern style because R Viña Real was created in the 20s, so <laughs> uh, quite, quite a few <laughs> years ago. But it is definitely a different style and a winery that has evolved and wines that have evolved a little bit more than Cune. Cune have stayed pretty similar uh, for, for all these years versus Viña Real, uh, even the winery is a state-of-the-art winery, uh, all, everything is gravity-fed. Um, so... Uh, it's a winery that has kind of like evolved a little bit more um, than Pune. Yeah, I mean, it, the, even just the, the facilities themselves, when you go see both of them, it's Cune feels very historic and, and Vineyard feels very, very modern uh, in the in the facilities that it, it's a quite an impressive facility at Vineyard, honestly, the, that little, um, the crane that brings the, the barrels around, I always thought it was sort of like a Bond villain's lair, it kind of looked like so. It's very, very state of the art. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think it's interesting when people come to visit uh, to see both wineries, no? I mean, I think once you see both wineries, you understand also the differences between <laughs> the wines. Absolutely. Uh, uh, both, of, both of the wines, of course, you know, have great acidity. That's a, that's a you know, characteristic for us uh, in Rioja. Um, uh, they have really nice fruits. Uh, they have, you know, all of our wines are um, oak age, and the aging potential it's a, it's amazing. I mean, we've done in the past some uh, events in Seattle where we've tasted things from the '60s and the '70s, and and the wines they all drink amazing. No, so as you move from Crianza to Reserva to Gran Reserva, um, you know, obviously the the complexity and the depth of the wine uh, increases, and so does the aging potential. That's yeah, I agree. It's it's pretty amazing when you get to taste some of those older vintages and see how how well they uh, not just hold up but actually thrive and, and continue to evolve and get better. Yeah. Um, cool. Great. Well, uh, thank you for for the 
the brief lesson on the on the regions of Rioja. That's really uh, really helpful for the team, I think, to to hear that again. And and uh, there there are quite a few distinct differences between uh, Alta and Alavesa that are definitely worth worth mentioning. And it it feels like you can really use both in the same same place, same account, and and have uh, different applications for for both of the Oh, ones. for sure. As I said, both really different. If you take Cune Crianza and Viña Real Crianza, um, they are very different um, styles and uh, very different labels as well. <laughs> so no there is yeah. no reason not to have both of them uh, on the shelf or on a menu. Um, and again, there are two different wineries, so no need to say Cune Viña Real or you know, um, yeah, you can just say Cune and Viña Real, and there you go. Those are two two totally different wines. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you for for the lesson. Okay, uh, I'm I'm sure the team's going to enjoy hearing about it. And uh, you're always available, as as uh, as I like to remind people. You're a great asset to the team. So um, I'm going to encourage everyone to reach out on this on this podcast here, and maybe someday we'll all be able to. Uh, to learn more about the wineries back in Spain when, when yeah. we can all see each other again Hopefully someday. soon. We, are, we already <laughs> have distributors planning for the fall, huh? <laughs> no way, really? We already That's have a Florida distributor and, and Texas distributor putting a, putting a trip together for the fall. I don't know if it will work out or not, but yeah, hopefully we can uh, resume trips uh, pretty pretty soon or at some point. Yeah. Oh man, I feel I feel behind the eight ball then on the uh, on the trips. Jeez, we gotta get going. I know. I mean, for me, California is the same. No, it's like well, everything is closed, so I can't even imagine uh, putting together a trip to Spain now. But anyway, um, <laughs> awesome. Well, someday soon. Well, gives gives us all something yeah, to look forward exactly. to then. Cool. Well, thanks, Cecilia. Talk, Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Talk to you mm -hmm. soon. Bye. Bye. Guys, there is Lucia. Uh, she is by far one of my favorite suppliers that we have worked with. Don't don't tell the other ones. Um, but she's a lot of fun and she's very effective out in the market. And Kune has been a super important part of our identity as a company for a long time now. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about this in the closing. But I think we've we've gotten a little bit uh, stagnant on some of our longer standing supplier partners and just trying to find ways to revive um, those relationships is really what I am about right now. But uh, needless to say, the show needs to go on here because we're running a bit long. Thanks for bearing with me. Um, I'm not going to talk a ton about my fun facts, but I did read an article in New York Times this last week about sonically aged spirits, uh, bespoken spirits is what they were talking about. And Pat actually, I don't know if it's, he's tried bespoken, but I asked him about it and he's tried some and he said they're pretty legit. Um, it's pretty interesting to think about, you know, where science is going with with the spirits side and and basically just using sound essentially to to age uh, wine, excuse me, age spirits more rapidly. Uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so I'd recommend checking that out. There's a couple other articles that I've read that I thought were cool. We'll talk about them later. They're, they're still going to be there. Um, other things going on on the eBlast campaign side. So we've got Washington Wine Month coming up. We've got that feature going out March 1st. That's not necessarily a sale feature. That's more of a highlight feature. March 2nd, there'll be Irish Spirits focusing on St. Patty's Day. March 8th is International Women's Day. Uh, we will be celebrating that by sending an offer out for some of our women winemakers. Uh, and March 16th, we are doing a boozy brunch uh, ad for a Mother's Day-centered theme. Uh, so there's going to be some cheap bubbles. The Canela Bellinis will be on there. Trying to think about mimosas. That's kind of the goal for that. 
Uh, and then March 23rd is an Easter-focused one. So, of course, we'll have Coelho because, as those who took the quiz know, Coelho means rabbit in Portuguese. Uh, and then uh, we'll be tacking a little Suzor on and maybe some other fun little things to, to um, round it out. But Coelho will be the big focus for the March 23rd feature. Um, other than that, our top sales rep, Ben Reese, dominated last week. Holy crap, dude. Way to kill it out there. Um, and then Chandra, actually, you crushed in Oregon too. I mean, you were you represented hard. That's great. Thank you for for all the support and hard work out there, guys. Uh, and for this week, uh, I mean, so far I've seen some big big numbers coming out of Josh here in Washington. So look out for him. He's coming up strong out of the gates here. A couple weeks in, making big drops. Good work, Josh. Um, our quiz winner, uh, drum roll please, is Jax. Jax won the drawing. Uh, I'll post a little video alongside this this episode so you can all see I did it fair and square. But Jax has the choice between one of the Hoxie Yeti coolers, one of the Movia uh, decanters, a Rayburn wine bag, uh, or a Friuli cookbook. But I think she already has that, so she probably won't want it. Um, but that is the prize option. So congratulations to Jax on A, getting the top score along with Chandra Avery and David Rounds, uh, and be winning the drawing. There you go. Um, as far as incentives go, we've still got the Villa Sabrina and Lavis Borgogna going, Cunha Organic, uh, the Azula Garanza is going, Third Leaf, keep that rocking, guys. Scarpetta, keep that rocking. Iran and Scarpetta, I did not mention this in the pricing portion as I should have, but the Prosecco goes back up in price at the end of this week on March 1st. So get the last little bits of that Prosecco deal out while you can't. March 1st, there'll be a couple new incentives. Uh, for both states, we'll have Sperry, and it's a digital post incentive. So essentially, for every online feature or email blast or newsletter that gets sent, and they have to purchase the wine, they can't just send it, uh, you'll get 50 bucks for the first one, 75 for the second, and 100 for the third uh, on all of those features. Um, for Washington, the Natural Merchants Lambrusco Broletto, you're going to get 20 bucks per new full case placement. The full case can be cumulative. cumulative holy cow, that's a hard word. Um, but uh, it is 20 bucks per new placement. And then also for Washington, we're redoing the Aragonesis case stack incentive that starts March 1st. So for Fagus, which is a six pack, if you sell six six packs in, you get 100 bucks. If you sell three full cases of 12 packs of Centenaria, or any of the other Aragonesis wines, that's 60 bucks for, excuse me, 80 bucks for Centenaria, 60 bucks for everything else. And then every extra case in whatever case back it comes in, after that stack is another five bucks. You do have to take a photo. There cannot be a price involved because they have to send it back to the Spanish government. But that is up there. And if you get it early, you can make some serious change on that. So get after it. Um, Ribera Rueda, as I mentioned, that's coming up April 1st. Be on the lookout for some more details. Uh, and then Anton added about 30, I think. Oh, way more than that. Um, a lot of new bonus items coming in. Uh, they went on this week. Um, you have the spreadsheet. He sent the info. It's too many to list now because I'm running along, like I've said, about six times now. So uh, check out the spreadsheet. But uh, a lot of new items. And then a couple of things will be coming off at the end of March. I have not heard about when they'll be revisited yet. Uh, we'll try to get that information for you before they come off. But um, know that there's about 80 wines that come off at the end of March. We'll obviously replace those. We'll have a good chunk coming in to replace that. Also coming up March 1st in terms of the bonus is Seven Springs Chardonnay for Washington. Eatingland Seven Springs Chardonnay. 
You sell a case of that, you get 10 bucks. That's added in starting March 1st. Boom. Um, so let's see. Two corrections. Uh, one from last week and then one from the interview with Lucia as I listened to it. Um, from last week, uh, I was reminded that I said both states a lot. I got to retrain myself a little bit. We work in three states now, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. Uh, so apologies to my northern Idaho brethren. Uh, I know you're there. You matter. Uh, I will try my best to say all states instead of both states. So apologies for that. Uh, and then from the interview, um, I don't know what I was thinking, but I said George Eiffel. Uh, there is no George Eiffel that I know of. Uh, it is, of course, Gustav Eiffel that built the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and he also designed part of Cunet's winery. Um, Gustav. Um, George is, of course, the um, American translation of Gustav, right? Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, let's see. Who's joining me next week? Well, hopefully it's going to be Lachlan Patterson from Scarpetta um, who's going to be joining me. I tried to record the episode three times with him today, and I learned that if somebody calls me while I'm recording the interview, it drops. So the poor guy got dropped three times mid-interview with me today. <laughs> I think he's about ready to wring my neck. Um, but we're going to try again tomorrow, and hopefully he will be joining the interview podcast for next week. Um Friendly reminders, tomorrow, February 25th, is uh, Purim, which is uh, a Jewish holiday. So that was why the kosher wine offer went out this week. Um, so for those celebrating, um, I hope it is a good one. Uh, Washington Wine Month starts March 1st, and then Easter is in early April. So for those trying to sell for opportunities, those are the ones to be looking at right now. Earth Day is also coming up towards the end of April. Um, so start thinking about organic wines for that. Yeah, so to wrap up uh, this episode, put a nice little bow on it. Um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, that quiz uh, showed me more than anything that we need to really kind of focus back in on the people that that got us where we are. Um, you know, one of the questions that got missed the most was the Kune question. Um, and I did, by the way, as I mentioned last week, try to be fair about the answers and think about like maybe it was misleading or whatever. But I don't I don't know that that was it with this. I think we just have have gotten a little too um, far removed from from some of these wineries and just gotten so used to having them in our portfolio um, that we haven't given them the the love and attention and respect that they deserve. Uh, and that also shows in the in the samples, to be honest, looking back at the samples for for the Cunha portfolio, it's been pretty pretty low the last couple of months um and it's not like she's ready to to jump ship or anything like that but you know people like kune with lucia or chris with scarpetta uh you know we've had them a long time and we've done a really good job um and we need to continue to do a really good job we need to continue to to make sure that we respect the people that have stayed with us through thick and thin uh, and make sure that we're we're building a business together. Um, and that's really something that I'm going to focus on a little bit more. I know I've gotten away from that. We all love the new and the shiny. I am uh, guilty of that as much as anybody because I'm the one <laughs> who ultimately decides that we should bring it in. Um, and, and flashy and new is fun. Um, and there certainly has been some great additions that are on the newer side that that are a big part of our business, like Valkyrie and things like that, and Hoxie and whatever. But uh, but there's a lot of a lot of people that have that are really um, believe in us, and uh, I'd like to 
to show them that their faith uh, can be rewarded. Um, so that's going to be a bit of the focus for me over the next couple of weeks. You'll hear more about that as we go on. Um, but if you haven't pulled a, a bottle of a wine in a long time and you know you see it in the catalog and think, man, I haven't talked about that in a while, pull that sample. You know, get back to talking about it. There's not, there's no reason that we we've stopped. You know, prices haven't gone crazy high, quality hasn't gone crazy low. We just have had a lot of other things going on, and that's okay. Uh, you know, this isn't meant to be pointing fingers anywhere. Um, but I'm just going to implore you to to take a look at some things that you might not have taken a look at in a while, and you might be pleasantly surprised at remembering how good something is or how great a deal something is. Uh, that you haven't talked about in months or maybe even years if you've been here a while. So that's what I'm going to leave you with for this this week. Um, thank you for listening, as always. Thank you for all the work that you do out there and staying positive through all these crazy times. I know the COVID brain can take over a bit, and it's uh, it's really hard. I've talked to several of the managers this week about how impressed I am at how positive you guys stay out in the marketplace with with all of the challenges you face. Um, and it's, uh, really encouraging and impressive to me and inspiring, to be honest. Um, it, it keeps me, uh, thinking positive at times when I'm, I'm really tempted to not. Um, and so thank you for, for doing all of the work that you do. Uh, but most of all, thanks for giving a sip. Thanks guys. <laughs>